What happens when two parent coaches, one a Christian and the other an agnostic Jew, sit down to talk about parenting? I'm Dina Thayer. And I'm Kira Dorian. Welcome to Raising Adults, a podcast about future-focused parenting. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Raising Adults podcast. Kira and Dina here today, and we have a guest, and we're really looking forward to chatting with her. We have Brittany Homer with us today, who has a podcast of her own called Raising Today's Kids, and she tackles all kinds of issues about raising kids in this truly digital age and just the different challenges that come with that. And I'm thankful to you, Kira, because Kira does all this great like behind-the-scenes research when she has time and finds podcasts that we might have an affinity with. And that was actually how she stumbled across Brittany's podcast. And even our logos are similar. I mean, it's just amazing. Like the color scheme, I think, is what's similar. But what's great is finding other people who can lend some expertise to things we've touched on. So what happened is several episodes ago, I touched on pornography when we were talking about how to talk with your kids about big issues. And Brittany actually has some expertise in that and knows about the impacts on children who are exposed to pornography and just things we can do as parents to help. So we're going to be chatting with her about that today. And and I'm sure we're both going to learn a lot, too. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And just to sort of recap before we get going in the interview, next week is our season finale, and uh, we will be taking a break until July 8th, and then we will start season three, and season three is going to be exciting. We already have guests lined up. Um, We've got some cool stuff that might happen on YouTube. We're just making a few twists and changes. Mm -hmm. Um, We've really found our flow now, so we have a sense of, you know, where we're going. So uh, season three will happen on July 8th, and um, if you want to listen to us, in the, meantime. in the meantime, we are going to be on Brittany's podcast as well, so you can check out Raising Today's Kids, and we will be on there sometime in June. Yeah, just so that you don't get, you know, I don't want you to miss our voices for a whole month. Yeah. We wouldn't want that. No, no. Should we get to the interview? Sure. And so, Brittany, we're excited to get to talk to you today and hear a little bit about particularly this issue of pornography. Now, recently, I, I kind of accidentally, not even intentionally, (laughs) on a completely other issue, dropped a little bomb about how I had talked to my kids about pornography recently. And then we were like, hey, this might be... We should think about that. We should probably flesh that out a little bit and like talk about it further, not just as as an aside. Plus, can I just say, I believe it was the first time that you made me put an E on an episode. It wasn't my mouth that did it. So that was pretty exciting. Yeah, I think I caused the E that day. Yeah, (laughs) that was me. So... Brittany Homer is here with us and going to share some really important things about this issue of pornography and how to address it with your children. And just, I mean, there's so many facets to it, and hopefully we'll get to most of them. But Brittany, if you could just start by introducing yourself, tell us a little bit about you, how you got into even this work, and about your podcast, too. Sure. Yeah. So... I um, am a family life educator, and when I was going through my certification, I kind of stumbled across this problem, learned about the problem of human trafficking in the world, and that was obviously super disturbing to me, and not just that the problem exists, but also that it exists for young ages, for children, and all kinds of things, and um, but the more I looked into it, I, I got involved in a in a an organization that does uh, rescue operations and those kinds of things. But the more I got involved in it, the more I felt like there's got to be more that we can do to prevent these kinds of things from happening in the first place. And so I did a lot of research. I read everything I could find about 
what was kind of driving the demand for this. And so many roads led to pornography. And I just started to realize how much of a role pornography has in creating this demand for human trafficking. And so then I started looking into, okay, so why, why, what is exactly, what is it about pornography that's doing this? And I started to learn how much, um, how accessible it is, how, how, it is kind of contributing to so many problems in families and with individuals. And so I just started, just the more I learned, the more I wanted to learn. And then I wanted to do something about it. I wanted to help families. I wanted to protect children from being exposed to it. And so I started with uh, some friends of mine, I started an organization called End Exploitation Montana. I'm in Montana. And so we started this organization that would kind of help address all of the issues surrounding it, the vulnerabilities and and the you know prevention and awareness and all those kinds of things. And then I got involved in a lot of other kind of related things, like um, I became a sexual assault advocate. So when someone was assaulted, they'd go to the hospital, I'd sit with them through their forensic ex- exam and kind of help them, you know, deal with that and then figure out next steps for their lives and how to get help. Um, I also became involved with um, foster kids and became a court appointed special advocate to kind of help empower them and kind of help just be um, kind of a rock in their lives when they're going through a lot of transition. So anyway, I just got involved in a lot of things related to that. And then, um, you know, down that path, I just felt more and more like parents have got to have these the tools to protect their kids from all of the harms in the world today. And so I just so so many problems seem to come from breakdown of of families and problems with parent-child relationships. And so I really just wanted to do more to empower parents to kind of lift their kids above the problems of the world to help them reach their potential. And so so I started the podcast Raising Today's Kids a few months ago and it's been so fantastic because with every with all of the things that I'm learning and the amazing people that I'm connecting with, I can bring them on to my podcast and then they can share the things, you know, the resources that they have that can help empower parents. And it's been, it's been amazing. It's helped me as a parent. And, you know, I just feel like I'm more empowered than I was before I started the podcast. So anyway, that's a lot of information, but hopefully that answered your question. Yeah, that's that's great. And I have to say, because my kids are still small, um, Dina's are grown and one is almost out of the house. Oh um, I'm particularly interested to hear about this because I feel like I have no tools whatsoever for this topic. So I'm so glad that we have someone who's sort of an expert in this area on. Um, So can we just start by maybe telling our listeners, what is the impact that pornography exposure has on children? Yeah. So I want to start by identifying that issue, the issue of pornography. So um, I would say you know, a lot of the older generation, they might remember pornography as something that was available in a magazine. Yeah. Hide it under your mattress, or you go to the back of the adult bookstore to get the hardcore stuff, you know, but that has transitioned into being something that is available in the palm of our hands, right? And not just for adults, but for children oftentimes. And so we're not dealing with this problem that we have to go and seek and find, it comes to us. And so it's, it's no longer something we 
sort of, you know, back away from, but we have to push it away from ourselves. And so knowing that it's really, it's really important to recognize that, that the accessibility, the availability, and also that it doesn't discriminate, that it is something that is available and accessible to anybody of any age, any background, any belief system. And so, um, so knowing that, then we can kind of get into, okay, what do we do about that? So you asked what, what impact pornography exposure has on children. There, obviously kids' brains are not developed, right? So they have this prefrontal cortex that is kind of the brakes. You know, if, if the, um, if there is a, an analogy to a car in your child's brain, the prefrontal cortex is the brakes that kind of helps them problem solved and problem solve and, and figure out, um, you know, should I do this? Should I not do this? You know, help them kind of decipher between right and wrong. Um, and because that's not fully developed, it makes them very vulnerable to these kinds of things. And, and then there's also the fact that our children are, are, well, every human, our brains are designed to model what we see. So we learn so much by example, by following, you know, you know, the decisions that we see our parents make, we kind of follow down that path, um, or, you know, our friends or whatever. And so with those two, the, the ways that our, our prefrontal cortex is not developed and the fact that we model what we see, that can be really dangerous when it comes to seeing things in pornography. There was a study done where, they analyzed the most popular porn scenes, 300 of the most popular porn scenes. And 88% of those had multiple forms of aggression and violence in them. It was just very common. And over 90% of the time that was directed from a male to a female. And 90% of the time the female responded with either pleasure or had no response at all. And so if you think that this is the kind of thing that our kids are being exposed to, that that males are supposed to be violent and females are supposed to like that. What is that teaching our kids? Right. right. And so it's, it's teaching them that, um, a distorted reality of relationships. Th- this is not reality. The things that kids are seeing in pornography is not reality. And then on top of that, you also have to, you know, recognize that depending on the age of first exposure, but a lot of people say that first exposure is around nine years old, the average age. And so, you know, you look at that on a bell curve and there's a lot of kids a lot younger than that. And then a lot of kids that are older than that, obviously, but a lot of them see it for the first time and don't even know what sex is. They have no, um, no concept of what healthy sexuality is. And so they're seeing this and they're so confused. And then oftentimes they're, they can even be aroused by it. And so that that's confusing. So you have all these problems. It's like this spiral of all these problems that are that's caused from kids being exposed to this. There's also a lot of research that's showing that it affects uh, the self-esteem, body image, causes anxiety and depression, stress, other social problems, problematic sexual behavior. So you have kids, again, they're designed, they're their brains are wired to model what they see. And so sometimes they're acting out on what they see. And so you have this rising rate of child on child sexual abuse or problematic sexual behavior. And so anyway, the list goes on and on and on of the problems that can, that children can have when they are exposed to pornography. 
You know, what's so interesting is, so I have a mental health background and I have worked with clients who feel they're addicted to pornography. And mm-hmm. the, the number of times I've heard from those clients how it impacts their marriage, um, how it impacts their sexual experience as well, because they're seeing these images all the time and this is what they expect sex to look like. And then with their partner that they're madly in love with and they want to have a great sexual relationship with, it just doesn't match that. And so yeah. then the partner feels unwanted and unloved and it just creates, it's such a knock on effect, um, as opposed to maybe a partnership where everybody's happy using pornography. That's different, right, than, than one partner kind of ex- seeing this and expecting this and then it not matching those expectations. Yeah, and there's so much research. I mean, more and more research keeps coming out about the harms that it can cause on relationships. There's an organization called Fight the New Drug, which is one of my favorites, and they've kind of narrowed it down to how pornography harms the brain, how it harms relationships, and how it harms society by contributing to what I mentioned earlier, human trafficking and those kinds of things. But there is research about all of it and and how pornography is an escalating behavior. So often you might start out with soft core kind of things and then often that leads to needing more and more hardcore things in order to get the same level of arousal. And so, and that is, you know, can eventually lead down that path of, you know, purchasing sex or, um, you know, the human trafficking issue again. So, and then again, like you were talking about, there is, um, there are, there's some argument debate about addiction and pornography and whether that is an addict that can be an addictive behavior, but, um, it's absolutely can be habitual. It can be compulsive and it can harm relationships no matter the age or stage. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you mentioned the palm of our hands and how it's available now on these little computers we all have in our pockets. Mm-hmm. And I've actually jokingly, but it's not funny said to my kids to be careful because the iPhone can easily be the iPorn and it's, it's so ubiquitous. And so when it is so readily accessible and you don't even have to seek it out and it's just readily available everywhere, what can parents be doing then to protect their kids from being exposed? There's so much. And I, I'm such a hopeful person. I, You know, obviously I shared a lot of really awful things that can come from being exposed to it, but I am so full of hope that there's so much that we can do. Our hands are not tied. So there, we can start from a very early age. Um, We can start by limiting screen time, you know, being very aware of what our kids are seeing and putting filters in place and monitoring their use. We can delay the the age that we give them their first smartphone, right? Until they have had more chance to kind of develop their, their critical thinking and their, the breaks in their brains. Um, we, I'm a really big believer in an internal filter though. I think that all of those things that are in place, all of the, the filters, whether that's software or hardware or whatever, or limiting screen time, that's all important, very, very important, but nothing can replace an internal filter so that if a child is exposed to it, they know right from wrong and they know what to do to get away from it and they can say no to it. And so with, you know, in order to get that internal filter, we have to be educating our kids. So I think it's really important to talk about healthy sexuality to help our kids. You know, I know that, um, 
there's kind of been this myth perpetuated for generations probably that, you know, you have the talk, this one time talk where you tell your kids about sex and that's the (laughs) end of it. Right. But that's so unhealthy and it's not preparing our kids for, for real life and real relationships. And so I think we start, start young, teaching them about their bodies and teaching them about, you know, that they have autonomy over their bodies and, and, um, and then also, being a credible resource to them. You know, if our kids are, um, are curious about it, are, do you want them to, um, Google what is sex or do you want them to ask you what is sex? And so we want to establish that foundation of, I am somebody that is, is comfortable talking with you about these things. And you can come to me about anything. If you see something that makes you uncomfortable, come to me. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm always here for you. Um, and then, really, really important is to, well, sorry to back up. Um, it's important to have a family plan as well. So when our kids see something, then they know what to do with it. So every family can have a different plan, different rules in place for what's the proper way to respond. What's the, the healthy way to respond when you see something like this, you know, it can be, um, our family rule is, you know, turn it off and come and tell a a parent tell, tell dad or me right away. And then, you know, I'll help you kind of process what you saw, help. That'll help me figure out, you know, where the holes are in our filtering. If there's something else we need to change to prevent that exposure from happening again. Um, and then it will, I'll also help my kids, um, turn to something active, you know, do something that kind of replaces those images in their mind or, or gets them focused on something else. So having a plan in place so that if your kids are exposed, then they, they know what to do. They know, turn it off, tell my mom and then go play outside, something like that. So those are really important. And then the, the really important thing that's more important than all of those things is to have strong relationships with our kids. I think that, um, and we can talk a little bit more about that later, but I think that a strong relationship with our kids is the best internal filter that we then that we can give them. We love you, Brittany, because you're <laughs> saying a lot of the stuff we yes, say. Yes, we should clarify that the giggling was because we're like, that's what we say. Yeah, we <laughs> recently did an episode on sex, and we had exactly that. It's not one talk. It's a lot of talks. It's an ongoing um, conversation. Okay, so for someone like me who has these two almost eight-year-olds, we have definitely had conversations about sex and sexuality and their bodies. We've laid a really good foundation, but we certainly have not yet talked about pornography. So how do I have this conversation with them without maybe creating curiosity? And I love the idea of a family plan. How, how do I talk to them about that? What does that even look like? Okay. So first of all, I want to talk about curiosity for a second. I think that anything, I think parents sometimes are afraid to talk about these things to their kids because they don't want to create a curiosity. But I think that because we're human and we, there's going to be a curiosity. That's just, that's just part of being human. And so we want to quench their curiosity ourselves rather than having, you know, the kid on the bus or Google quench that curiosity. We want to be, we want to give them the information, teach them about healthy sexuality and teach them about, you know, the harms of pornography from us so that they don't need to go learn it and satisfy their curiosity somewhere else. So, and then I think that, um, for the family plan, 
I think so. There's a couple. There's a really great resource called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, written by Kristen Jensen, and it's a picture book, so parents can read it with their kids, and it addresses pornography in a very age-appropriate way, and. It doesn't even go into sexuality, but of course, if you've laid that groundwork and you've already kind of layered that, you can add that into to the conversation. But one of the things um, that it talks about is how our brains have a thinking part of the brain and a feeling part of the brain. And the thinking part of the, or the feeling part of the brain is the one that says, hey, there's an ice cream truck coming down the street. I really want some ice cream. I'm going to run out in the street and get some. But the thinking part of the brain is the one that says, whoa, 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 you got to look both. First, you got to ask mom, and then you got to look both ways before you cross the street. And so the book kind of helps kids identify, you know, when they need to kind of engage that thinking brain, which is the prefrontal cortex, which we talked about. And so um, you can talk about when you see pictures of people, pictures or videos of people without their clothes on, that's called pornography. And it's not healthy for you because of, and you can put in whatever reasons you want. You know, you could talk about the things that I mentioned earlier, or you can just say, it's just not good for kids to look at. It's not for kids. And and so when you see those things, you might feel, you know, a number of different ways. You might be, feel confused. You might feel curious. You might feel... Um, you know, they might even feel aroused. So you might talk about that. And so when you see those things, here's what I want you to do. And and then you figure out what your plan is. You say, you know, I just turn it off as quick as you can, whether that's shutting the laptop, pushing the power button, pulling the cord out of the wall, you know, whatever it is, turn it off as quick as you can. And then come and tell me, because you know what? I I want to help you with that. And it might be confusing. And so I want to be able to answer any questions that you have about it. And, and so you're, um, it's really important to make sure that there, that we eliminate any shame that might come from being exposed to that because it is confusing and because they, you know, they might feel like they're in trouble or whatever for seeing things that, that they shouldn't have seen. And so eliminating that shame by saying, you know, it's not your fault and you haven't done anything wrong. This stuff is this stuff, you know, people, um, this stuff is on smartphones and it's on computers and it's on tablets and, um, we want to try to stay away from it. But we can't always. It's sometimes it's gonna it's going to pop up, and we won't know. You know, we won't be able to stop that from happening. So just come and tell me, and I'll I'll help you with it. You know, and then um, because those images can still keep going through their minds, or you know, you don't want them to to take their curiosity to the next level of you know wanting to see more of it. That's when you replace that with another healthy activity. You know, let's go outside and play. Let's go do you know whatever. Um, so, so yeah, I think it can be, and w your conversations with your kids about pornography can be as deep or as surface level as you're ready for and as they're ready for. And kind of like I talked about earlier, letting their questions sort of, and their curiosity sort of guide the conversation can really help you meet them where they're at. Does that answer your question? Abs oh yeah, that was really helpful. The breakdown is really critical. And because you mentioned it before, I want to make sure we get to this. You mentioned how parents having a healthy relationship with their children is really the best measure you can have in place to protect them from the harms of pornography. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. I think that 
obviously, you know, a healthy relationship with our kids is going to be a protection from so many vulnerabilities, um, so many things. And it just gives them a solid foundation in life. And so um, I think that oftentimes kids who struggle without a healthy parent relationship often do turn toward unhealthy things to feel better when they struggle to get that dopamine, that feel good chemical. And so we want to be the resource that our parents or our kids turn to. And I just, it's not an accident that we are their parents, that we are their parents for a reason. And I, um, I think that if we have a strong relationship with them, if they see us as a positive role model, they're, they want to be like us when we have a good relationship, what we have to say means something to them. And so, um, and so it's really important to develop that, you know, I think that filters and monitoring software and, you know, helping, you know, monitor screen time and educating our kids about these things. Those are all really important, but foundational to all of that is a strong relationship. And so doing things like playing board games and going on hikes and bike rides and camping and whatever thing you like to do with your family, look at those as those are porn resilience methods. Like that is how you are protecting your kids from pornography and other, other things that they might be vulnerable to. Um, and so there's actually, I have an episode on my podcast called Porn Resilient Relationships. And I interviewed this marriage and family therapist, Taylor Chambers, where he created this whole porn resilient model, which I just love. And at the foundation of that, it's kind of like this pyramid shape where, you know, each level kind of builds on each other. And the foundation level is that relationship. Focus on strengthening your relationship with your kids above all else. And then those other things can kind of be stacked on top of it. I love that. I love that so much. So I want to ask about let's let's say a child has been exposed and it goes beyond, you know, the the quick few seconds of seeing something on a screen. They've shut the screen. They've come to you. It's, it's beyond that. They've watched a whole movie or they've seen enough that, you know, that quick go play outside isn't going to work. What do you suggest? What are the resources for a family that maybe has a child that's been regularly looking at porn or um, was just exposed in some way that wasn't small? So a few things I, I firmly, like I mentioned before, I firmly believe in hope. And so in those moments recognize, okay, kids are incredibly resilient and there's always a way to help them to overcome the problems, you know, that, that, you know, maybe there's compulsive use or habitual use, or just, you know, like seeking it out. Kids are resilient. And so the moment that you find out that this has been going on, I would be really grateful. You know, I'd be, obviously it'd be really hard. It'd be hard because you know the harms that can come from that. But what, a, I mean, I would just feel grateful that, that, you know, I found out when I did and not five years down the road or something like that. And so, um, there is, there's a few things to think about. Our kids need a trusted adult in their lives, right? And to be a trusted adult we have to resist any kind of shame that might come with that. You know, so if you're saying things like, how could you, you know, what were you thinking? You know, that's somebody's sister or whatever. Um, those are the kinds of things that are going to drive a wedge and then are going to shut them down. They're not going to want to open us up, open up to us and, and be vulnerable with us if, if those are the kinds of reactions. So really, really important to stay calm 
and to, to, to offer, um, offer support and comfort. And then, and then you're in a position to empower them to deal with it. Um, so just love them, love them through it. And, you know, and they may be resistant to that, but I think that love is more powerful than anything. And so you keep up with that love and you'll be able to get them, you know, get, get resources to them and, and, and get resources for yourself so that you can help them. So, keep focusing on the filters, keep educating, keep focusing on the relationship and really, really love them. So as I mentioned, I have, uh, I actually have several episodes on my podcast on, on pornography. I, I have an episode on how to avoid shaming, how to create porn resilient relationships. Like I talked about before and, and one on, on starting that conversation as well. Um, so you know, you can go to my podcast or my website. I have resources there. There is a uh, fight the new drug that I mentioned earlier, they have something that they've created called fortify, which is kind of a recovery program and it can be for any level. So it can be for, you know, you've, you've looked at it a few times and you keep feeling the urge to go back all the way up to addictive pornography use. So join fortify.com is a great resource for, and it's for all ages. Um, you know, kids and adults can, can get help there. Um, I mentioned protect, or I mentioned, uh, good pictures, bad pictures, the book that I highly recommend. So they, the author, Kristen Jensen started an organization called protect young minds. So you could go to protectyoungminds.org and they have all kinds of resources to help parents as well. And then, um, one last resource that I really love is called Educate and Empower Kids, and they have several books, you know, 30 Days of um, Sex Talks. They have How to Talk to Your Kids About Pornography. Um, they have 30 Days to a Stronger Child, which helps kind of eliminate a lot of the vulnerabilities that, you know, we talked about. So, and they have videos and, you know, blog and all kinds of things. So there are so many resources out there because, you know, we as parents, we are living in a digital world and we didn't come from that. You know, we are digital immigrants and our kids are digital natives. And so I think we're all kind of realizing what we're up against. And I feel like we have, it sort of snuck up on us, this whole digital world and all the problems that come with it, it sort of snuck up on us. So we're trying to play catch up a little bit, but we're doing it. It's, it's working and we're, we have all kinds of resources available to help us with it. So, um, <clears throat> there is a, there are 16 States in the United States in the last three years have passed a resolution that declares pornography, a public health crisis. So more and more States keep popping up wow. that are making that, that are recognizing this. And there is a woman, Gail Dines, who is a researcher. She researches pornography and the harms of it. And, one of the things that she said is that the most, if you follow public health protocols, the most important protective factor is a well-resourced, well-educated parent, and that's huge. Like that just feels so hopeful to me that if I, if I learn what I can and do what I can and talk to my kids, and and one thing that I think is really important in talking to our kids is asking the question when was the last time you were exposed to pornography and asking that regularly. And I think that's it, phrasing it that way is important because you're taking out any of the shame that might come with it. Cause you're not saying when was the last time you looked at pornography as if like they intended to look at it and it's their fault, but you're saying when was the last time you were exposed to it? Because we know that this stuff is coming at you. And so 
you know, we're here to help you with it. Um, so yeah, I, I just, I'm a big believer in, in the hope that comes with a well-resourced and well-educated parent. Well, Brittany, thank you so much for sharing with us today. There was some, I know I even learned some things and some really great insights. And I also appreciate how you kept that element of hope running through it. And I think it could be tempting to just get discouraged and think there's no way, no matter what they're going to see it, there's nothing I can do. And so I appreciate that positive element too, that there really is so much we can do and that there is hope and that a lot of that hope rests in having these strong relationships with our kids, which Kira and I are all about that. So as we close, I would love it if you would share with our listeners how to find you. Tell them about your podcast, social media handles, website, all the things. Sure. Yeah. Thank you. So I'm at RaisingTodaysKids.com. And um, so I have with each episode, I have you know resources with it that kind of parents can dive in deeper into each subject if they'd like to, um, raising today's kids on Instagram and Facebook as well. So, um, pretty easy to find. I, you know, my podcast goes into, I obviously have a passion for addressing sexual exploitation and helping our kids, um, navigate in a world that is, you know, where hard or softcore pornography has now migrated into pop culture. And so it's, it's a tricky world for them to navigate. And, um, but I also address other issues in childhood. I address, you know, anxiety and depression and, um, even talking about things like, um, body image and, um, how to teach our kids to work and um, to not be entitled and those kinds of things. So there's a lot of, there's just, it's a tough world. I think parenting in the digital age is very challenging. And I think that it would be really easy to be discouraged. But, um, you know, that's that's kind of my the goal of my podcast is to just help parent, parents realize that they have, there is a lot of hope and they have a lot of power to really, um, overcome the, or help their kids overcome the things that might hold them back in life. I love it. Thank you so much, Brittany, for being with us today and for all the hope that you bring. I actually yes. needed a little of that today myself. So thank you. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. Well, that was awesome. I am so grateful because I literally have not started this conversation. I mean, I've done the prep work of the talking about bodies as we talked about on yeah. the sex episode and everything. But wow, I it's not until we interviewed her that I was like, oh, wow, I have not even remotely touched this topic. So but how great to get it in advance. So now you can make a strategy. Yeah. I mean, that's sort of fantastic. Yeah. I love having the family plan because it's just like you would with a gun. What do you do if you see a gun? We have a plan. They know what to do. Why would this be any different? This is something that can be harmful to you at this age. Here's what you do if you see it. I mean, I love it. I do, too. And you know me in mnemonic devices. I was thinking while she talked, like, you could have the three Ps, like, power, turn off the power, parent, go tell a parent, and then play to distract (laughs) yourself from it. Or, you know, you have the two Ts. Turn and tell. Turn it off. Tell a parent. You know, so I was over here like creating little acronyms because I, I just love that stuff. And I'm such a word nerd. But I do love those things that can help kids remember to know what to do. And I thought her tips on that were excellent. They were really practical. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So listeners, we hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions for Brittany, definitely check out her podcast, Raising Today's Kids. You can find her at her website. And if you have any questions for us, 
info at futurefocusedparenting.com. We have been getting more and more emails, which is very cool. Um, so especially since we're going to go on a break, if there's a topic you want to see in season three, if you have a question that came up, please reach out to us because we're already kind of forming what are we going to want to talk about in season three. So don't hesitate to reach out, info at futurefocusedparenting.com. And the last thing I want to say is, friends, we are coming to the end of season two. It is time. If you have not rated and reviewed mm-hmm. our podcast and given us a five-star review, the time Get is nigh. Yeah. Do it now. Um, it's really been amazing. We got the most incredible new review on iTunes from um, Capel82. Thank you so much for your amazing review. Um, so I know some podcasts like shout out to the people who review. So I'm going to say season three opener. If you have written us a review, we will thank you at the start of the season we three will opener. You. Yeah, so go ahead, give us that five star review. Make sure you write a little something, and we will graciously thank you. Yes, at the opening of because season we three. do pay attention to those, and essentially you're our marketing team. So when you tell people, when you tell your friends or family or your barista about this podcast. You're really helping. And and it's the same thing with ratings and reviews. Yeah. And we are seeing it work. I mean, it's amazing. Like, we, we can watch our numbers, right? And the numbers are just like, pew. They're so starting special. to really, really roll. So Super fun. Thank you, everyone. All right. So we will talk to you next week for our season finale. Thank you so much for listening. Raising Adults is produced by Kira Dorian and Dina Thayer. And today, the amazing Eric Johnson. And recorded partially in my laundry room, partially in Eric's studio. Music by Seattle band Hannah Lee. Thanks for listening.